Welcome to the Philip Wiley Show. Take a look behind the curtain of professional hacking and hear compelling discussions with guests from diverse backgrounds who share a common curiosity and passion for challenges and their job. And now, here's your host, offensive security professional, educator, mentor, and author, Philip Wiley. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm very excited to have Jason Downey joining today. Jason and I have been connected on social media for quite a while and finally got to meet each other at Wildwest Hacking Fest last year for the first time. Uh, we So it's really cool. He works for, for Red Siege, but we'll get into more details of, of uh, his background and so forth and his employer. But it's one of the one of the consulting companies out there that specialize in pen testing that I respect the most. There's like the you know, a set number of five different companies that I really highly respect. Trusted Sec is one of them. Red Siege, uh, like Lair's Consulting, some other ones that are boutique pen testing firms that do some really great stuff. And so that's always impresses me. And I really follow these people. And we had recent, not long ago, we had Tim Medine, the founder and CEO of uh, Red Siege on. And so Jason works there. But like I said, we'll get more into to what he's doing and, and where he works and all that. Uh, so welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yes, yeah, it was really cool to finally meet in person after so long. And um, yeah, after I saw that, that Tim came on, you know, I figured I'd throw my name in the hat and try to come you know, do an episode with you as well. So happy to be here. Yeah, great great to have you on. And uh, I'm trying to think when we, how we first met. Was it through Twitter? Or was it through like a message board or something or some forums? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was through Twitter. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get to it, right? But you know, I've only been a pen tester, you know, a handful of years now. And uh, as I was trying to, you know, actively, you know, make my jump into pen testing, of course, like your your content comes up. So I had followed you that way, and you know, I think I'd reached out to you once or twice, and now here we are. Yeah, I was just trying to figure figure out exactly when because there's several other people that that I connected with through like this one uh, forums or message board that was geared towards certifications. And I met a couple of a few people that I went through uh, the OSCP. We went through around the same time. They were kind of study partners and, and we run into each other periodic, periodically, except one lives in India. So I haven't got to meet him in person yet. So there's a lot of people I met on that forum, which was back. It's been about 10 years, a little over 10 years ago. So I'm not sure if wow. that was around the time you met or how soon, but I just remember we interacted a lot. And, and I remember seeing the awesome news that you were going to work for Red Siege and, yeah, it's been it's it's been a wild ride. And so I don't know if I ever told you the story about how I got into Red Siege. Was I was it was like sure. DerbyCon two or three, and I went to a mock interview workshop, and it was right as Tim had started Red Siege, and he was my mock interviewer. And um, you know, we get done with the the, the fake interview, and he's like, "Man, you did really great. If I had a junior spot, I would hire you." Of course, in my head <laughs> at the time, I'm like, "Well, well, thanks, right? Like, I appreciate the thought, but I still need a job." Uh -huh. Uh, and a couple of years later, you know, Tim calls me. He's like, "Hey, that junior spot, I have it if you want it." And I was able to make that jump, which was which is pretty cool. That's awesome and great that he remembered you and came back. I mean, not a lot of people would have done that, you know. So yeah, really we, cool. yeah, we 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 had stayed in contact, kind of similar to you, right? Like I'd reached out, ask him questions every once in a while. Do you have suggestions? And he, you know, he saw my growth on social media, and you know, he gave me the shot. So it's it's worked out. Yeah, and one of the things too, I'm sure that your skills had a lot to play into it, but it's really interesting. And one of the things I love to see is how some some of these employers are taking in consideration people's social media presence. Another good example is 
uh, Serena over at Black Hills because, you know, she was really active on social media and really made a name for herself on TikTok and that they saw that the value in that and saw her technical skills and end up bringing her on. So it's kind of cool to see that. And that's one of the things I really try to emphasize to people out there. You know, if you're trying to break in, if you've got a social media presence, if you're sharing some things on online, if you're Twitch streaming, you know, walkthroughs on hack the box or try hack me or something and doing different things in the content creation space. And even like speaking at conferences and the networking that this helps your opportunities to get a job because otherwise you could be the best in the world, but if no one knows about you, there's no way they're going to find you. Absolutely. You know, I, I did a talk uh, a couple uh, off and on the six things no one told me about pen testing and there's things I learned over the years. And one of the points that I drive home is the power of your network. I call it the uh, the infosec gatekeeping triforce, where instead of power, wisdom, and courage, it's education, experience, and certifications. Right? And there's a three triangles. Well, in the in those three triangles is a hole, and that hole is like your network, which will allow you to just zoom past all that stuff. So if you if people know you, if people trust you, if people see that you work hard and you're passionate, you really don't even need the other three because you can get that once you're in the job, assuming your network allows you to get there. So I 100% agree with you. Very cool. So uh, before we get too far into the conversation, if you wouldn't mind kind of introducing yourself, kind of sharing your hacker origin story, how you kind of got started. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Jason Downey. Um, I have been a, I guess, a full-time pen tester for almost three years. Uh, before that was, uh, you know, some blue teamy network security, nothing crazy, no threat hunting. Uh, before that was network administration, you know, all in some like um, like mega corp roles. I did some telecom work for a little while. Um, I guess my interest in info information security really came, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, and I lived on IRC and, you know, assorted random internet hood rat activities um, <laughs> that, you know, I, I, I gave up as I got older because obviously I didn't want to cause any real trouble. And then when I found out that um, I could cause trouble for an actual living, you know, AKA pen testing, um, or, you know, I started making friends and actually a local person took me to DerbyCon 2. And that was my first foray into information security as a career. I remember sitting in the front row and, and seeing, I think it was like Chris Nickerson, you know, giving a speech or, or a talk. And I'm like, you do what for a living? And uh, <laughs> changed my life, you know, started studying certifications, went back to school. And, uh, you know, five or six years later, I was able to become a full-time pen tester. So that's the the, the the not villain arc of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So what was what was, what did your education background to get to to the pen testing role look like? Um, you know, it was a little longer than than what I, I originally I guess anticipated and or hoped. Um, I went to Western Governors University, which is an online um, based school, just because they had a curriculum that. You know, it wasn't like a typical college. Like I didn't have to go to class from four to seven thirty on a Wednesday. Basically, you sign up for classes. They give you some books and say, "Hey, if you pass these books, you know, you get your credit. You take your test, and, and you're done." So, complete on my own, self-paced. I could go as quick as I want, which allowed me to sort of stay in a full-time role, um, and then you know, keep working on the education. Uh, they offered some certifications through that. Uh, specifically Cisco and Cisco network, Cisco security, CCA, they don't have it anymore. Like they've gotten rid of like that security track. It's something else, but that allowed me to jump into a specific network administration and then eventually network security role, you know, so firewalls was like my first foray into security, which, um, you know, got me some, 
uh, experience there. You know, I took that little bit of experience and that security piece and started more about pen testing. And then that's how I segued into, into this way. Very cool. Yeah. One of the things for anyone listening to the, the, the beauty of Western Governors University too, is all the certifications that you can get that yes. is actually included in your tuition. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for, you know, for my bachelor's and, and master's, right. It's like, you know, three grand, 3,700 a semester. And then each one of those semesters, I'm getting three or $400 worth of, um, you know, not only, uh, certification material, but also they're paying for my exam attempts, you know, so I didn't have to come out of pocket for any of that stuff. So they as a college are relatively inexpensive. And then on top of it, you get all these certifications too. So it checks off two of those three boxes in the, the InfoSec gatekeeping triangle. <laughs> yeah. And some of the nice things about that too, is some of those certs that you get may help you land a job as it is before you finish the degree. So people that Absolutely. are considering that, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be finished with the, your degree before you get into to security. Sure. So how, how's it been working for Red Siege? And, and I know you really picked out of all the places that you picked or picked you to, to start your pen testing career. I think you, you know, chose one of the best. I, I really think so. I mean, my, my time at Red Siege has, has been awesome. Um, admittedly when i first started even as a as a quote unquote junior role you know there were still very high expectations of me right right out the gate you know i i don't know if you're familiar with mike saunders but i you know he's mm -hmm. the principal consultant at, at red siege and i sort of made the mistake of telling mike saunders that i really preferred direct like no punches pulled feedback and so i pretty much <laughs> got like pounded on for my first six months um but yeah, I, I was forged in fire. You know, we learn quick or we die. And, you know, I, I feel like I came through okay. Um, you know, because I thought I was ready until I actually started the job. It was like everything I thought I knew was out the window, but the fundamentals were still there and picked it up as I went. And now I'm able to do some really great work and, you know, made some really cool stories along the way. Very cool. So what all types of assessments do you do there? So I'm primarily in the network space, you know, internal, external. Uh, I by accident kind of became our social engineering expert. I guess maybe I was just born small my whole life. So I had to like learn to talk fast and I could beat up in school or something, but I just <laughs> got naturally good at talking to people. Uh, so I, you know, fishing, vishing, uh, on-site assessments, uh, you know, physical and physical social engineering. That's primarily um, where I'm living these days. And uh, man, it's a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah. So how's that? evolved uh you know since you know when i started out doing pen tests doing network and internal and, and external there really wasn't much cloud but it's interesting how much cloud has evolved in, into the into that overall uh realm so how is the do you do any cloud assessments there uh, along with your network assessments uh I do very little. Um, you know, anytime we're doing an external engagement, you know, we always poke at some of the cloud stuff. Um, you know, just because we're there and, you know, and that's the time, you know, I have, I myself haven't done like an official, you know, what might be like a cloud pen test only. Like I'm not doing, you know, AWS audits or targeting GCP specifically or anything like that. It's something that I'll probably touch eventually, you know, once I'm done really drinking from a fire hose from the, from the knowledge pond, but uh, yeah, not yet. So as far as someone is wanting to get started, uh, do are certifications required? Required? Absolutely not. Um, but the knowledge that a lot of those certifications um, 
teach you along the way are, are absolutely crucial to you know to to what we do. You know, I, being a past you know network admin slash engineer, you know, I I harp on that constantly. It, if you're going to go anywhere, not just in information security, but also the IT space overall, you should probably know some networking fundamentals, you know, down to the basics where if I say this is an IP range and it's a slash 21 and you don't know what that means, you're going to go out of scope. You're going to touch something you shouldn't. You know, and then, of course, applications are built on protocols and knowing, you know, what protocols are where and how they interact and how they work is something that I literally touch every day in my job. Yeah, it's some, some good points there. One of the things I think people need to keep in mind, too, when you're getting these certifications, you need to focus on trying to learn the content and not just pass the cert. Yes. Because too many times you see people too focused on passing that cert, even if it's like OSCP. If you're not going about it trying to learn, it's going to be more difficult to, difficult to pass the exam. And then once you get through it, having the skills you need that you're supposed to gain from that certification. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, from my like my Cisco certification specifically, yeah, half of it is, is Cisco proprietary, but the other half that talks about all those networking fundamentals and build, I could have found a way to just, you know, memorize that stuff and then never actually practice it. But then how do you apply that to the real world? You know, and if you lose it all along the way, then there was no point in having it. It might get you in the door. But then it's going to get you fired three months later because you don't actually know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be doing a ton of Googling. That's just like when yeah. pe people ask how to get into pen testing, you know, I always tell them that, that you need to know the operating systems at a system admin level because what happens if you get a shell, you know? Then, yeah, there's Google out there, but you need if you have the sysadmin level knowledge, it's going to take you a lot less Googling and research to figure out how to get a foothold. Absolutely. You know, those fundamentals across the board are, you know, crucial. And I always justify it to people by in order in order to break something, you have to know how it functions first. Like you have to know the workings and the details and what this process is supposed to look like. And once you know that, then it's way easier to know how to break that off in the middle and manipulate it to do whatever you want it to do. And you know, you know, it's the idea of like you know, we talk about Tim and Kerber roasting, right? You know, the way he discovered that was he learned how it worked. And then once he know, knew how it worked, like down to the, you know, the minutia, it's like, oh, well, here's how we can break this, right? And it changed the industry forever. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how that works too. You take some of the, the Active Directory certificate services uh, research that Harm Joy and someone else uh, from Spectrops discovered a few a couple of years, a few years back because they presented it at black hat, but just, you know, some people get into studying this stuff just to learn more about it or just and during the research and they find these vulnerabilities. So it just goes to really show that spending the time to learn it very well, just goes back to RTFM, read the fine manual, you know, makes sense. And, you, and the more you know about it, the better. It really seems like a lot of cases too. And, and let me know what your experience has been with this. Some people that want to get started want to jump right into learning the hacking piece, but totally skip the fundamentals, understanding the technology. Absolutely. I mean, you have to have at least a base level knowledge of kind of a whole stack. You Like, like you mentioned, you got to know operating systems. You got to know networking. You got to know a little bit of scripting, not a full coder, but just scripting to make your life easier. Um, you know, Windows, Linux, you got to know how all these things you gotta know you gotta know what how a web app functions like what does that stack look like like what is a database how is data stored how can you access that database remotely because those are things that we do every day and 
you know, I made this mistake when I was first learning, right? Where I would hop on like hack the box and they would assign you a box and every answer that you need to complete that puzzle is right there on that one machine. And the real world does not function that way. Very, very, very rarely is there just one step in a process, right? It's like we end up doing like a kill chain that's like seven or eight levels long in the way that we're able to navigate these kill changes by knowing all these fundamentals. Oh, hey, I'm on this first box. Your network's not segmented. I can access this SQL server. Oh, hey, you've got default creds. Oh, hey, because I know how SQL works, I know there's an SA. Hey, that's privileged. Hey, I'm not privileged on the box. I can dump LSAS. Hey, I've got admin credentials. That's how we get there, right? And if you don't know all those fundamentals, you get way lost along the way. And another thing, good point to, to, to kind of drill down into a little bit, as you mentioned that you're doing infrastructure, so you're doing internal and external along with the social engineering stuff. But as how important do you think it is to, for someone to specialize opposed to try and learn everything? You know, because you can do cloud, you can do an app, you can do infrastructure along with, you know, red teaming or physical and social engineering. How important do you think it is at, at a certain point in your career to specialize? Um. I mean, in the beginning, specialization definitely not important. You know, you because number one, you don't really know what you're passionate enough about, right? Like I can look someone in the face every day and be like, "Cloud is the future. You should be investing in cloud. You should cloud is everything." But if you don't like it and you don't care about it, you're not going to be a good pen tester at it. So get that base level knowledge, touch a little bit of everything, and then really. Once you've got a hold on something that you're naturally good at or naturally passionate about, you know, then when you're trying to go from junior to senior or senior to lead or lead to principal, you know, then you can really specialize. Oh, hey, I'm really great at understanding Windows API calls. Let's focus there. I don't know nothing about them. I don't necessarily know that I want to know anything about them. So I don't know if I'm going to go that route yet. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's the process is don't get caught up on, on the fine details when you're still just learning how to swim. So what are your, some of your favorite resources for, for learning uh, infrastructure pen testing? Um, I mean, obviously, Google is, is the number one there. Um, there's a, there's a, a GitHub, uh, hacktricks.xyz. Uh, to be honest, I reference frequently. Like if there is a, a service that I'm not familiar with, you know, I'll go to Hacktricks and I will see, hey, has, has someone identified this port before and what's on it? What steps did they take to enumerate and figure out, you know, what it does? And I start there a lot of times. Uh, let's see, what else is there? There's a ired.team is another good resource. Uh, bluescreenofjeff.com, J-E-F-F.com is another good resource. And uh, I hit those three like very frequently as I'm, you know, working my way through networks. So how important it is to, you know, most, a lot of these, environments have Active Directory? How, is it, how important it is, is it to learn Active Directory? It's huge. The real world runs on Active Directory. Any company that can afford consultant pen testing has Active Directory. The, you know, the days, like I said, with the hack the box, the days of just getting one box that has all your answers and then also their HR database and also their, it <laughs> does, it's not like that in the real world. You know, we live and die on Active Directory and learning the fundamentals and how those pieces talk to each other is, is mission critical. Yeah. Very cool. I think this is a piece that people overlook. And I noticed recently that I guess last year sometime that even the OSCP is starting to inc include active directory on it. 
Absolutely. You know, I was talking to someone who was excited about the industry, and they said they were currently in an active directory role, but they feel like that's a dead end for them. I'm like, no, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe at like whatever corp that you're at right now, you know, managing Active Directory is like the, the peak of that aspect of your business. But security wise, if you're an Active Directory expert, you're tearing places apart. Like if you can tell us more than a bloodhound output does and then be able to exploit it, like you're worth millions. You know, you're you are important, like apply at Red Siege. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Another thing to look at too, as far as Active Directory, you know, you've got Primark out there. That's basically oh, you know, yeah. mostly oh, what yeah. they do. Yep. I mean, they're, they're active directory full audits, right? And, you know, Jim Sakura, mm -hmm. you know, he hops on our Wednesday offensive and he's always dropping knowledge. Like, I can't tell you how many times that dude has spoken and I have like actively taken notes, right? Like it's good knowledge and active directory is so, so important to all these big businesses, but so, I guess, not fully understood by anybody outside of Microsoft, right? So like we're learning it at the same time that the blue team is learning it. And it's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I, I can't remember back when Active Directory just started because when I started back in my sysadmin days, uh, there, there were only two directory services out there. Banyan Vines was the very first, then Novell uh, Netware. They had directory services, Novell directory services or NDS. And that was kind of the beginning. And I remember at the time, they were the most popular. And then once Microsoft got uh, Active Directory, then that just really eventually killed off anything Novell Network was doing because they just weren't really progressing with the times. And it was kind of interesting because one of my sysadmin friends at the time, he had started focusing more on learning Microsoft because he went to, I think they're in Provo, Utah is where Novell's headquarters used to be. And he went there one time and he was talking to uh, Eric, Eric Schmidt and Eric Schmidt ended up going on to be like a, a CEO of Google, mm. but he was asking them, how are you guys going to compete with the marketing of Microsoft because Microsoft put a lot of time and effort into marketing. You know, they used to give away a lot of product just to get people on their email system. They'd give away exchange and outlook just to get people into their full stack. And he was asking them, what are you going to, what are you guys going to do about it? And you can kind of, he saw the writing on the wall. He said, <laughs> our product's Nothing. so good. We don't need to do anything. The best is, you know, people will see it's the best and use it. And so there, you know, Novell, I don't think no longer exists. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah i mean you know My microsoft i guess is, is king right it's like windows is on what like 95 percent of you know corporate infrastructure machines yeah, like they're, it, yeah. it's everywhere yeah if, if microsoft was like hey we're releasing network products then cisco would go out the door like it just oh yeah, th they're, yeah. They're, they're they're monsters like they they own stuff yeah so. yeah they they did pretty well in everything except for the mp3 players <laughs> i think but, i had a zoom at one point in my life yeah. i think i had one yeah but they've had like a probably a 90 something percent success rate on most of the things they yeah. do so Absolutely. yeah you figure most environments nowadays you're going to either see windows or maybe mac but not as much mac as you see the windows yeah mac is very rare you know i think we've had like maybe one client in the last three years whose staff was all mac you know, typically those are very edge cases. Uh, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, we've got graphic design department that has some Mac or a C level that has some Mac, and we gotta because he's C level. You know, bend to his needs, but never, almost never, in mass deployment is anything except for Windows. Yeah, because I remember when I was uh, first starting in pen testing back in 2012, we tested a a school district, and they happened to have it. But at that time, they were one of the rare cases I saw any kind of Mac. 
outside you mentioned like maybe wow. a graphics department within a company mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so as far as networking and stuff because you mentioned that so what are some good opportunities for people to uh, leverage to build their network and help them in getting jobs uh definitely like use the internet like not just for google but you know, do some social media, hop on some discords, you know, and just start asking questions, find folks that are like minded in the same scenario that you are, share information, have conversations, and leverage that to, you know, build a network, assuming you have nothing local, like if you do have something local, you know, find your DEF CON group, look for a hacker meetup. Um, make friends, you know, and it's like I said, had I not randomly sat down at a conference with you know tim medine ceo of red siege would i be an employed pen tester today i mean i would hope so but maybe not as in a, in a great spot as i am now you know it's like that that network is really everything yeah it's 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 a great point i think it just that's the way we connected and, and how we connected with a lot of others in the industry but the nice sure. thing about when you're you're building that network up when you finally get to meet in person you go to conferences at least you're going to run into people you know there if you if you uh, really spend your time building up that virtual network. Absolutely, and and like you mentioned, like that doesn't go away. Like just because you're excited and new, like you don't stop making friends. Then, you know, in the beginning, you kind of mentioned you. There's a couple different you know boutique pen testing firms that you know you all speak highly of, and fact of the matter is we all speak highly of each other too. I mean, we're mm -hmm. constantly sharing techniques, tools, procedures. You know we can't just live in a small red siege silo and expect to survive. Like, you know, I, I, you know, Nick's geek, like I went, you know, at trusted sec went and watched his talk at, at DEF CON was like, Oh, this is so cool. Like I'm going to use this stuff, you know? And yeah, it's, we, we give back to each other. Like we grow, we, we learn from each other and that hopefully it's never going to stop. Yeah, hopefully so. And one of the things I love to see about it because coming from a sysadmin background and hopefully, I don't know, I don't know how it is, since it's been, I got out of IT and into security uh, back in January 2004. But I'm used to there were so many people that wanted to, that would not share with others because it was like job security. But the thing I don't ever understand about that is yeah. if you if you go that route, you're doing the job security thing. You're not going to teach anyone else. What are you going to do when you need to go on vacation? Right. Or you need to take time off for something. You're the only one anyone can depend on. So it's just not a good thing. But one of the things I've loved since moving into security and the more I got connected to folks on, on social media and the conferences is just amazing how willing people are to share. And even some people that are, you take someone at the top of their game, like, like Tim and they're willing to share with others is, is really amazing. Absolutely. You know, and of course with any industry, right, there's always a couple of rock stars. There's a couple people that are just too busy to ever address you as a person. Um, but the vast majority are not like that. You know, like never be scared to just DM somebody and say, Hey, I have a question. Right. Like obviously do your research. And if you can get a quick answer without bothering somebody, please take that initiative. But like, hey, I want to do this. Do you have any pointers? And chances are they'll give you one or they might even already have a list of everything ready to go. Um, don't be afraid. Right. The worst they say is no. And you can just ask somebody else. You know, I know me being naturally extroverted, it's very easy for me to say go to conferences and shake hands. Right. But you'd be surprised how many of us are actually a little bit 
awkward and don't exactly enjoy the social interaction and are also introverts ourselves and you could you'll find a lot of like with other folks in the industry if you're if you're worried about being an introvert and, and and getting out there and there's a lot to accommodate that you know there's there's ways to make that work and please don't be afraid and let's do it yeah it's great that you mentioned that because one of the things i was having a discussion with someone recently and the topic of ctfs come up and so it seems like if you're introverted and you need to find your your group, your tribe, that a lot of cases, some of the people at C at the conferences are off in the room or off in the corner doing the CTF. And, you know, that might be the, the group that you uh, relate to more. Sure. And yeah. And, and uh, you know, I've been at conferences and like I said, easy as an extrovert, right? But like, hey, I'm working on the CTF. I see you're sitting by yourself. Do you want to work together? And I've actually never had anybody tell me no. Right. Mm -hmm. And not always the greatest experience, but you always learn at least something from each other, right? Like it, you're able to just just trade a little bit of nugget of information that could last you a very long time. Like you never know how far that goes. Yeah, just just back to those connections because the whole networking thing. Because now when I look back throughout my career in security, there's only been a couple of cases that I had jobs where I actually applied for jobs. The rest of them were people that were referrals. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much 100% of our hiring at Red Siege these days. You know, we're we're not big, but we're still steadily growing, and we don't really have to ask for open applications because you know we each one of us already work there, already have a list of great people that we through the grapevine know are looking, and we could just call them and say, hey, do you want to interview? Let's see if it's a good fit. And that network, like like I mentioned, it's it's key. Like it's yeah, it's how to get ahead. Yeah, yeah. Some of the things I've seen with some of my former students and people I mentor, the ones that that really focus on uh, networking or even volunteering and stuff have the easier time finding a job than someone that's out there applying, you know, hundreds of jobs a week. You know, they have a better, better chance. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't mean to kind of make it lean on, you have to be in like the cool kids club to necessarily be a pen tester. Right. Because a lot of what we do, you know, NDAs, we're dealing with, we got to sign those, we're dealing with client data, all of their secrets, things that if I worked with a client and handed what I found to an actual bad guy, then I'm now the source of the breach. So there has to be like that trust between people that is this person going to not only do a good job, but do a good job and still be able to protect, you know, our client data. You know, if I do something stupid and I get hired and I get fired from Red Siege for, you know, putting customer passwords on the internet and I go apply it like Black Hills, you know, John Strand's going to call Tim and be like, hey, why'd you fire Jason, right? I'm not mm -hmm. getting that job, you know? So having that trust and knowing that somebody is not going to be you know malicious is is worth a fortune like it's it's yeah it's mission critical <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's been great having you on is there anything that you'd like to share before we close out this episode uh no otherwise you know keep doing keep doing great work i, I really like the stuff you put out and i hope people keep following you along um you know had i been coming into the game now i would definitely um you know read your book from cover to cover all the time and watch all these <laughs> podcasts and I don't have the time now, but if I was still young and ready to go, I would, uh, I would be ready for it. So keep doing good work. Thanks. I appreciate it. And, and, and same to you. I like the stuff you guys are doing there and, and it, it's great for people like yourself with experience to take time to, to share with others because some cases, you know, uh, one thing, anyone listening out there, if you'd like to mentor, you want to help people, but you're, you know, someone's really busy like yourself, you can do things like this or you can, you know, do things from time to time 
it doesn't have to be full time and every, you know, every little bit you do is helpful. Sure. Yeah. And I guess my, my last little piece, you know, I, I will speak to pretty much anybody as long as I've got time. So if you, even if you're catching this podcast, you know, two years down the road, you can follow me on Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm at hack and backpack. If I'm still at red seeds, you can email me at Jason at red I will, try my best to answer any questions within reason that somebody sends me. So consider me another resource internet stranger. Very cool. And we'll be sharing Jason's social media uh, information there so you can get in touch with him. So thanks again, Jason. Awesome. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Good, good talking with you. Yeah. Thanks everyone. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Philip Wiley show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, to learn more about Philip, go to thehackermaker.com and connect with him on LinkedIn and Twitter at Philip Wiley. Until next time.